Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Meditation and Contemplation. So as we have discussed before, Bhagavad Gita is divided in three parts, six chapters each. And according to some commentators, it represents Karma Yoga, Gnana Yoga and Bhakti Yoga. From others, it is the explanation of Tattvamasi for six chapters of Thvam, next six chapters are Tat, that, and last six chapters are the relationship of the Tat and Tvam, that is Asi. But looking at the classification of Karma, Gnana, and Bhakti, there are three means to achieve moksha or liberation, the complete happiness. So the first six chapters are basically dealing with Karma Yoga. So chapter two, Sankhya Yoga, gave us the the knowledge about the truth, the truth about ourselves, that we are not mortal beings, but expressions of the immortal, ever-existing Supreme Being. And its very nature, we've seen, is Satchit and Ananda. Its very nature is existence, knowledge, and bliss. But we don't experience those qualities in us. If we are expressions of the same reality, why don't I experience those qualities is our confusion. So the next three chapters from three to five give us the preparation for how to recognize or realize those qualities. To realize them, we have to prepare our mind and intellect to achieve that state of knowledge. So Karma Yoga is nothing but the preparation of our mind. The responsibility of a seeker is simply to purify his internal instrument, the mana and buddhi, the mind and intellect. So the karma yoga is for the antahakarana shuddhi. So we have seen how to practice karma yoga, how to transform our day-to-day actions, which we call karma, into karma yoga. Karmas are binding, karma yoga is liberating. So how do I get out of this bondage of my karmas is the essence of chapters 3, 4, and 5. Chapter 6 is the link between Karma Yoga and Gnana Yoga. So is chapter 12, Bhakti Yoga, is the link between the Gnana Yoga and Bhakti Yoga. So we are transitioning from Karma Yoga to Gnana Yoga through chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga. Chapter 6 is basically defining who can practice contemplation and meditation, what are the necessary preparation, and what are the techniques. So in the beginning of the chapter, in verse 3, Bhagavan said, Aruruksoho munehe karma karanamuchyate. If you are still trying to establish yourself into yoga, then continue karma. Karma karanamuchyate. Your means is action. Perform the actions in selfless manner, and you shall achieve yoga. And we have seen the two definitions of yoga in chapter 2. 
samatvam yoga uchyate yoga is the balance of mind if i feel that i have achieved that balance of mind then i have achieved yoga but if i still feel that i have not achieved the state of balance in all situation then bhagwan said you continue arurukso munehe karma karana muchyate you are aspiring yogi so you have to continue your karma yoga but when you come to the conclusion that i have achieved the state of balance where i don't get disturbed by all this vagaries of life or this duality in life sita ushna sukha dukha mana apmana at the physical level at the mental level at the intellectual level when i can remain unaffected by this pairs of opposites which we experience in this life at that point samaha karana muchyate then your means to achieve the knowledge is inactivity inactivity of mind so bhagwan has given a very clear definition who is ready for dhyana yoga contemplation what to be contemplated upon will be the content of chapter 7 through 12 but chapter 6 prepares us to make the transition from karma yoga to gnana yoga bhagwan has defined who is yogi the one who is not affected by these pairs of opposites he also treats everyone equally whether he is a friend or an enemy a neutral person an arbiter a relative or somebody who hates we come across all these types of people in our life one way or other each one of us but we have made compartments in our life we keep them separate and deal with them separate we view them separate but one said if you take the basic fundamental teaching that we are all manifestation of the same reality then obviously in spite of all the differences you have to see the unity in them if you start seeing that unity then you become a yogi so that's bhagwan's instruction about how to judge whether you have achieved that state of yoga which is samatvam balance of mind and what are the qualities you have to develop to achieve that and then verses from 11 through 14 we're going to give a complete technique of meditation right from what kind of a seat you have to prepare to what kind of a posture you should have and what you should be thinking about but once now that you have achieved the state where you can detach your mind from world of objects in the seat of meditation contemplate on who i am that supreme being which is indicated in chapter 2 and very clearly indicated we are not separate from him then i should be contemplating on that self so that technique we have seen from verses 11 through 13 goal of contemplation is atma visuddhaye for the purification of myself it says prasantatma vigatabihi brahmachari vrate sthitaha manah sanyamya matchittaha yuktaha asita matparaha here is the goal of meditation in verse 14 prasantatma the serenity of the self so there is no agitations no desires in my mind and expectations that the serenity the serenity a meditator experiences when he meditates when he is contemplating on it when he has withdrawn his mind from all other thoughts 
And there is no thought other than who I am. What is the nature of the Supreme Self? So when mind is filled with that spiritual thought, and the very nature of Supreme is bliss, and therefore I experience that bliss in that thought. Vigata bhi is fearless. Fear obviously is all about acquiring something which I don't have and preserving what I already have. When I have completely given up any thought about any possession or any I-ness, then obviously there is no fear. Brahmachari vrate sthitaha. Reveling in that Brahma vichara. When you are engaging yourself in the Brahma vichara, you are a Brahmachari. We also see it's a life of moderation. Brahmachari, not to indulge in any one particular aspect of life is Brahmacharya. The Bhagavan said, the one who has taken vow to have this Brahma vichar is the central goal of life, is a Brahmachari. Manasamyamya, mind controlled, yukta asita matparaha, let that seeker seat focused on me. He is completely balanced, he has achieved all these qualities. Matpara thought about me alone. Swamiji points out that seems like a duality. I am sitting thinking about the Supreme Self. So the next verse clarifies it and says, Yunjan eva sada atmanam yogi niyatamanasaha Yunjan evam sada atmanam keeping the self ever balanced the self internal instrument niyatamanasaha the mind under control keeping the self in balance the mind under control once you achieve that state santim nirvana paramam he achieves that peace abiding in me, culminating in nirvana. The nirvana is my liberation from all my limitations in nirvana. Liberation from all my unhappiness and sorrows is nirvana. He achieves that permanent peace because he is now liberated from all his limitations. He achieved my state of being. In other words, now there is no difference between the meditator and the goal of meditation. More I identify with someone, I become like that person. If I have a mentor and I said I want to be like him, then I gradually try to become like him. When Swami Dhirananda came to Washington, D.C., and he started putting messages on a board, most of us see the message board, so it looks like Gurudev Swami Chinmananda is here because his handwritings are exactly like Swami Chinmananda. So we asked Swami Dhirananda, how did that happen, Swamiji, that your handwriting is the same as Swami Chinmananda? And he said, I always idolized Swami Chinmananda from my childhood, so I copied everything he did including the way he writes. So his handwritings became identical to Swami Chinmananda. So a lot of time when Gurudev was in a camp or so and he has to sign a lot of the certificates or books, Swami Dhirananda will take over. And nobody can make out a difference between who signed that book or a certificate. So you become gradually what your idol is. The Bhagavan said, one who is meditating on me 
ही बिकम्स मी मत संस्था अधिगछते अचीव माय स्टेट ऑफ बीइंग वंस यू हैव बैलेंस्ड योर माइंड यूजन एव सदा आत्मस हियर सदा स्वामी दी क्लेरिफाइज स्लाइटली डिफरेंटली ही सेज सदा व्हाइल यू आर मेडिटेटिंग नॉट सदा मींस आई विल बी कंप्लीटली ओब्लिवियस ऑफ द वर्ल्ड ऑल थ्रूआउट द डे बट व्हाइल आई एम फोकसिंग ऑन द ब्रह्म विचार सो डू पुट योर माइंड वेयर योर हैंड्स आर so not while you are working in a kitchen you think about brahma vichar but which will be at the back of your mind this thought will always be there that i am not who i think i am i am not the one who is cooking i am not the one who is walking this is the instrument which i have santim nirmana paramam he achieves that supreme peace once you detach yourself from all the limitations of your body of your mind of your intellect then all the agitations you had at the body level at your mind level at your intellectual level are not your agitations therefore bhagwan said you achieve that paramam shanti supreme bliss mat sansthan pratigachati he achieves state of my own being but then there are some precautions are given now from a very highest point we come down to a day to day level and so you can overlook that aspect of your life there is still you're still embodied one one who has this body is embodied one and you have all the dharmas of this body and intellect are to be taken into consideration and therefore what to eat how to eat how to live is given in next two verses nati asnatah tu yogo asti most of us had been trying for many many years it's but we are not going anywhere why is it that maybe something we are not doing right what we are not doing right bhagwan says is the type of life you are living the way you are living your life may not be very conducive for meditation which you may not have realized the bhagwan said nati asnatah tu yogo asti one who eats too much yoga is not possible eating is not just the food but all the consumptions from this world through all my senses if it is too much i'm indulging too much into any one aspect of my consumption listening too much music watching too much tv whatever if i'm passionate about something then i spend all my time in it bhagwan said that's not really very beneficial nacha ekantam anasnatah also one who does not eat at all or very little which does not support your body the swami ji has given couple of examples as sankracharya has said that the food should be such which nourishes your body and protects you from disease so it should be something which is conducive to my own chemistry something may be good for you it may not be good for me so i should first find out what works for me which is conducive for my health and then take it in an appropriate quantity so it protects me so i i don't have malnutrition or i suffer through anything excessive so once i strike that balance my body will be at peace because it is getting what it requires so i'm supporting my body i'm taking care of my body and some you also gave example keep half your stomach for food quarter for water and quarter for air in other words eat moderately so neither you are suffering from indigestion nor you are suffering from malnutrition nachati swapna silasya 
Jagrato Nevacha Arjuna. And also it says not only the your consumptions from this world should be moderated to your level of capacity to digest so that you don't overeat or not undereat, but all your mental activities also. Nacha Ati Swapna Silasya, one who is sleeping too much or awake too much. Now again, Swamiji takes it to another level saying that in our Upanishads, there are only two states described. One is that of susupti, which is non-apprehension of the reality. I'm not aware of anything. I don't know. When I'm in a deep sleep, there is no experience. But then there are experiences in my waking state and also in my dream state. The Manduka Upanishad say that there are two expressions of the same state called the Swapna. When I'm dreaming, I'm not aware of the reality around me. When I'm awake, also I'm not, I'm not aware of the real reality. So both are Swapna, the, the waking state and dream state are nothing but a dream created by my mind. Now here Swamiji has lumped all three into one. So Swapna, Jagrat and Susupti or it's one state of non-apprehension of the reality, which is I am that supreme being. So not to eat too much, not to eat too little, not to sleep too much, not to be awake too much is basically a life of a moderation. And then we are given the goal, why I should be doing this. He said for Dukkha, to get rid of all my pains, Yukta ahara viharasya, yukta chestasya karmasu, yukta swapna avabodhasya, yogaha bhavati dukkha. Yoga becomes the remover of dukkha for one who is yukta ahara vihara, which we have seen in, in, in a previous verse, that all the consumption and all the recreation, which is moderation. Yukta chestasya karmasu. Even my efforts in my activity also should be in moderation. I shouldn't be putting inordinate amount of efforts in my activity. Swamiji says even for the selfless activities also should be in moderation. You can't be putting too much efforts in your selfless activities and then frustrated by it. Yukta Swapna Avabodhasya. Swapna takes care of all three states, deep sleep, dream and waking state. Who I am in reality, I'm not aware in any of these three states. There's a Turiya Avastha, fourth state where I'm aware of my true self and that's it, that's Avabodha. When I'm aware who I am, you know, Bhagavan says even that also should be in moderation. So while I'm in state of meditation, when I'm contemplating and I achieve that glimpse of that state and I'm feeling completely serene and happy, even I shouldn't be longing for that state inordinate amount of time. If I can give up everything and we meditate for 12 hours a day. You know, Bhagavan says that's also not very fruitful. That will not become dukkha. That will not remove your sorrows. But one yogi who is practicing it in moderation, yoga becomes the remover of all pains. And now we know that at least at the physical level, people have accepted that to remove any pain, a back pain, neck pain, Yoga is the best method without any side effects. So Bhagavan said, yoga becomes remove all pains for yogi who is practicing it correctly. We'll stop right here. 
If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount by going to the episode's website at neilbutt.podbean.com or at chinmayarichmond.org. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om